This fall at Kenilworth Union, Joe and Katie and I are preaching a sermon series called Stewardship. We're looking at the ways that we can responsibly care for the good things God has entrusted to us while we are on this earth. And today is Stewardship Sunday, so today, of course, we talk about our stewardship of our treasure. The bulletin says that your scripture lesson comes from Acts chapter 32 this morning. Unfortunately, the book of Acts has only 28 chapters, so that's a typo. What I meant to say was Acts 3. And the story I'm reading now is the story of one of many miracles that Peter and later Paul will perform in the book of Acts in imitation of their Lord. Jesus is gone. Jesus had, has returned to the source from which he came, and, and he's absent, but he is not far away. He has left his powerful Holy Spirit with his disciples so that they are capable of the same signs and wonders that Jesus performed when he was on this earth. This happens right after Pentecost, the first story after the birthday of the church, Acts chapter 3. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple to pray, and a man lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called Beautiful so that he could beg for alms. And when the man saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. But Peter said to him, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And Peter took him by the hand and raised him up, and immediately his hands and feet and ankles were made strong. And all the people saw him walking and running and leaping and praising God. And they recognized him as the one who used to sit at the temple to beg for, God, for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So the key text from this passage that I want you to pay attention to is Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Peter says, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. A lame beggar asks Peter for money, and Peter says, No, I don't have any. So how is this an apt text for Stewardship Sunday when the church is asking you for money? Well, I'm glad you asked. So here's the context of this story, right? This is shortly after Pentecost. Peter and John, Jesus' disciples, are living in Jerusalem, and every day they go to the temple to pray at 3 o'clock. And one day on their way in, they encounter this lame beggar who's being carried into the temple by his friends so that he can beg alms from people who are entering to pray. That's how he makes his living. He begs quarters from passers-by. And so he asks Peter for a quarter. And what he gets is something else entirely. Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And he does. The man asks for a quarter, and he gets a miracle. The man asks for money. Peter says no, but here's why this is an apt text for Stewardship Sunday. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you do what you can, and you give what you have. Peter was just an ordinary subsistence fisherman. He didn't have much money, but he had a miracle. So that's what he gave. 
I don't know about you, but it's the opposite for me. For some reason, I have few miracles to give. God has not granted me the power to make lame beggars walk and blind men see. I don't have many miracles, but in my case, what I have is cash. Yes, in this church, even the pastors are pretty well paid. And if you're honest with yourself, that's probably what you have to give too. Some beggar from the nominating committee might ask you, we need you to serve on the board of trustees. But you might rightly respond, look, I already work 60 hours a week and commute for 10 more to the loop. I travel to London and Tokyo several times a year. Days and hours have I none. But what I have, I will give to you. Christine Hydes might say to you, we need you to teach fourth grade Sunday school. And you might say, I thought Moses wrote the fourth gospel. I have no not knowledge, have I none. But what I have, I give to you. Lisa Bond might say, we need you to sing in the choir. And you might rightly respond, voice and pitch, have I none. But what I have, I give to you. I will help you pay me a salary so that she can sing Box Magnificat for you in just a moment. Garrett Kaiser tells us the story of the Methodist church in a small Vermont town which burned down. So the pastor and the parishioners got busy raising funds for a new edifice. And the pastor got so ambitious that he started asking people who weren't Methodists to help them build this new building. And he went to his buddy, the Roman Catholic priest, and said, Father, would you please help us build our new building? Ours burned down. And the father said, now, Harold, you know that I can't help you build a Protestant church. My bishop would frown on that. But then he smiled and took out his checkbook and he said, but I'll give you 50 bucks to tear the old one down. You do what you can and you give what you have. We live in a frenetic community. All of us have way too much to do. And so we might be time poor, but cash rich. Days and hours have we none, but dollars we have to give. Glencoe, Winnetka, and Kenilworth are the three richest towns in Illinois. They usually appear in the top 20 in the United States. Per capita income in the United States last year was $63,000. In these towns, it's well north of $200,000, about three and a half times the national average. Silver and gold, have we much? Yes? Not all of us. I get it if this doesn't apply to you, but many of us have plenty. And so the Bible asks for a tithe, no way around it. That includes all of your charitable giving. But if you can see your way clear to give the church a pledge of 3% of your income, we could make the $2.2 million, which is our goal this year. Some of you can't do that. That 3% figure might make you wince. And if so, we'll trust you to make a good decision for your own family and for this church. <clears throat> the theme of the stewardship campaign this year is all of me, all of us. That is maximal individual commitment and the expansion of communal participation. And we're doing pretty well on the all of me part. Many of you are giving all of you. 
The average pledge in this church is about $3,500. That's pretty good. Now, on the all of us part, we have some work to do. There are 900 families in this church. About 580 of them made a pledge to the church last year, about two-thirds. Now, there are two ways of reaching that $2.2 million goal. If the 580 of you who are already giving will raise your pledges by 10%, we'll reach our goal. Or we could get 100 more of those non-pledgers to pledge, and there we are. Voila, $2.2 million. Probably be some combination of the two if we're successful. Maybe you can hear that I've got a catch in my voice. I caught a virus. I had to fly from the East Coast back to Chicago last Monday because I was in Maine marrying off my son to the love of his life. So it's been a fraught year for Kathy and me. We've done two weddings in June. I married off my daughter to her beloved And Ken Harris, you're here. I don't see John Hart, but I want Ken and John to know that my daughter married an Eagle Scout. (laughs) He can do anything around my house. And my son exchanged his vows with his beloved on the coast of Maine along the banks of the Sheepscot River, these beautiful estuarial rivers that run up into the interior from the Atlantic in Maine outside on the grass with the lobster boats bobbing behind me, handing off my children to the loves of their lives. And at both of my kids' weddings, I said, I feel like Wayne and Garth. I'm not worthy. All this beauty, all this love, which I did not earn and do not deserve, it's all gift, it's all free, it's all grace, I'm not worthy. What fit response can I make? I want to close with a story. Maybe you've heard this story, but it's one of my favorites. It begins in a classical way. A man had two sons. A man had two sons. He was a farmer, very successful. And he died at a great old age and left his lands to his two sons. And his two sons divided the property equally. They farmed the land and divided the proceeds exactly in half, 50-50. Each son built his separate barn on opposite ends of the farm. And they continued to farm the land as their father had. And the land prospered. God was kind to these two farmers. And they grew wealthy and had much uh, to grow and to harvest. And the years went by. And one of the sons married a lovely young woman and had six children. The other son remained single. And after many years, the son with six children and a wife said to himself, my brother is all by himself. And we're getting older now. And I have my wife and six children to care for me when I'm old. And he's all by himself. So he'll need more than his fair share of the grain to sustain him. But he'll never take charity from his brother. So his solution was that he would sneak out under cover of night after his brother was asleep and carry sacks of grain over to his brother's barn. Nobody would be the wiser. This went on for several nights. Meanwhile, 
You saw that coming, didn't you? (laughs) Meanwhile, the single son was saying to himself, my brother has seven mouths to feed. I have only myself to look after. He needs more than I, but he'll never accept a greater proportion of the grain. So his solution, too, was to carry sacks of grain to his brother's barn. So this goes on for several nights. Carry a thousand pounds of grain to your brother's barn, and when you get to your own barn the next morning, there are two equal piles there. And then one night, of course, under a full moon, says the rabbi storyteller, under a full moon, the brothers meet each other in the field between the barns, carrying their sacks of grain, and they realize what's been happening And they drop their sacks of grain and embrace. And the rabbi tells us that just then clouds drifted over the face of the moon and it began to rain. Do you know what it was? It was the tears of God weeping for joy that finally two of his children had gotten the point Do you get the point? 